0: Well, good evening again and Merry Christmas. Uh, We are so glad you are spending part of your Christmas celebration uh, here at Catalyst Church. Uh, If you are a guest, whether you came with a loved one, uh, or maybe you're invited by a friend... Uh, heard about us online. We're grateful, honored uh, that you're here this evening, spending part of your celebration with us. A couple of things before we jump in to today's message. I'll be brief uh, because I know you have plans. Uh, Some of you have dinner in the oven, uh, or if you're really blessed, you got somebody cooking dinner for you in the oven right now. Come on, somebody. Uh, so we're going to uh, be brief this evening, but I uh, want to invite you back, uh, whether you are new here or you're a part of Catalyst, uh, on January seventh, two weeks from today. Uh, we are going to be having our first service of the year. Uh, next Sunday, uh, we are actually not going to be gathering during our normal times. We are giving our dream team a Sunday for rest and reprieve. Uh, that'll be online, our YouTube channel, uh, but would invite you to come back that next Sunday on the seventh. I'll be kicking off a brand new series. Uh, we do teaching series here at Catalyst Church called Lamp and Light, uh, all about the transformative power of God's voice. Uh, we'll be talking about how to hear God's voice, how to discern God's will, how to engage with scripture, prayer. Uh, I truly believe it's going to help you. Uh, I've said this before and I'll, I'll keep saying it, that if you want to make uh, this next year, 2024, your best year personally uh, decide in your heart today that it's going to be your best year spiritually Uh, and this series will help you uh, to make it your best year spiritually Uh, we'll also kick off on that Sunday as we do every year as a church we do 21 days of prayer and fasting Uh, some of you maybe you're new to church you're thinking you don't eat for 21 days this church is crazy come on (laughs) Uh, not that extreme, unless you'd like to go that extreme, but next Sunday in our online only service, I'll be teaching actually on fasting to give you some practicals, um, but uh, we really set this time aside to seek God at the top of the year uh, because we believe, uh, number one, he's worthy, uh, but number two, is we seek him first, uh, the scripture says, uh, as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of those are the things that we desire in our hearts. He'll be added unto us if we put him first. We give him the first of our year. Uh, but all that to be said, uh, if you call Catalyst home and you're here this evening, I want to say Merry Christmas. Uh, Christina, I love you. Uh, we are grateful for you. Again, if you're new here, we're honored you're choosing to spend. And we, we believe and hope it won't be your last time here. Uh, but I want to dive into our message today. We're going to read in a moment the Christmas narrative out of Luke chapter 2. And as I was thinking about tomorrow being Christmas, and as many individuals, especially our younger members, will be opening up gifts and opening up toys, I was reminded of a toy that I had when I was a kid. I might might date myself some. But anybody here, when you were a child, you ever played with a toy called a jack-in-the-box? Jack-in-the-box? Come on. Uh, It's that toy that you kind of crank a lever right, and, and you don't know, usually, I don't know, some kind of character, usually some sort of, like, there was a clowns and, I don't know, different characters, and you crank this lever, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, something, it pops out of this box, right, causing low levels of anxiety in children all across the world. Uh, I don't know if it's the best toy for your child's mental health, but another story for another day, but I think in many ways, the jack-in-the-box prepared us for life in some ways, right? Because have you noticed this, that sometimes life does not go as planned? It's like you had these plans, maybe for you in 2023, you had these plans, but maybe the health scare you experienced this year were not in those plans. Uh, Maybe the tension you experienced in that relationship were not in those plans. Uh, Maybe the stress that you encountered at work this year Maybe increased responsibilities were not in those plans. That life can have a way of being disrupted. And a question that I I was processing is, what do we do when we feel like our life is interrupted or our plans are disrupted? Now, how does this relate to Christmas? Well, if you look at the Christmas narrative in Luke chapter 2, it was actually happening at a time where the people of God's life were being greatly disrupted. Uh, number one, the Jewish people were being uh, mistreated and oppressed by the Roman government. In fact, if you know the story, in Luke 2, it says that Caesar had asked everyone to return to their hometown to be registered. It wasn't just a fun way to collect attendance. He wanted them to be registered so he could levy more taxes. Uh, could you imagine this surprising all of a sudden the government's like, hey, guess what? Why don't you go ahead and go home because we need more money. Come on, somebody. And not only that, but did the Jewish people had to pay more taxes, watch this, most Jewish people did not have the same privileges and benefits of Roman citizens, even though they paid the same taxes. They were being socially and economically oppressed. So lives were being greatly disrupted. If you add on top of that, at this point in history, God had been silent for 400 years. Up until that, they had been hearing from God through prophets and and having encounters with God. So God being silent for 400 years, oppression from the Roman government, great disruption. But on that night comes the most divine interruption in the birth of Jesus. An interruption the angels declared that brings good news of great joy for all people. And that's tonight we're going to look at is what's the, what's the relevance to that for our life when we face those life disruptions. Because here's the reality I've learned in my own life. Maybe 23 was a year where you faced some disruption. Maybe it wasn't. But if you have breath in your lungs and you live on this earth, there may come a time, maybe next year, maybe the year after, where you'll experience some sort of disruption, some sort of plan that does not go as expected or anticipated. And what do we do in those moments? And we're going to glean some insight from characters, not the main characters. The main character, obviously, is Jesus. But key characters in this story, which has relevance for you and I. And those characters are the shepherds. Why are the shepherds relevant for us? Well, number one, if you were Hollywood writing this story as a, as a blockbuster movie, uh, you would not have the declaration of the birth of King Jesus come to shepherds. Because shepherds, uh, by their vocation and nature, uh, were sort of outcasted. It was sort of a disrespected position. Uh, They were not thought highly of. In fact, they were unable to worship in the temple because they were deemed ceremonially unclean by their vocation. So, if you were writing this for a blockbuster movie and Jesus is the King of Kings, you would want to declare the birth of royalty to royalty, right? But they declared the birth of the King of Kings to these low level, out. Casted, not even able to come into the temple shepherds because Jesus was not an ordinary king. Because Jesus came to bring good news of great joy, not just for the elite, but all people. And then many of you know this, that later in the New Testament, Jesus would be named our good shepherd. And we are his sheep. So we're going to learn today to glean some principles of what do we do when life is disrupted from these shepherds, ordinary shepherds, which we can relate to today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp into our feet and a light unto our path. As we open up your word tonight, uh, we humble ourselves to receive what you have for us in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Luke chapter 2, we're going to read verse 8. We're going to start if you have your Bibles. If not, we have them on the screens. We're going to read uh, through verse 20. Luke 2, verse 8 says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen to which were just as they had been told. I'm going to give you three responses of the shepherds I think we can take hold of and embrace in our own life when we face life's disruptions. Here's the first one if you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, just write this one down. And that is when life is disrupted, we need to listen to God. They listened to the messengers of the Lord, the angels. Now, mind you that the shepherds were in a season of life where what they could have thought to themselves, where is God when we need him? Has God forsaken us? Again, I remind you, God's been silent for 400 years. Have you ever been in a season of life, maybe a moment of life where you wondered where was God? Maybe for you it was when you were a child and your father walked out on you. Maybe it was this past year when that relationship abruptly came to an end. Maybe for you it was a season at work where you felt mistreated and neglected by those who were supposed to care for you as you were under their oversight. Again, there can be moments of our life where we wonder, God, where are you? Maybe for you it's your child who's been struggling this year. Maybe physically, maybe at school. You can wonder, God, where are you when I, when I need you? And here's what the angels remind the shepherds of, and I want to remind us here tonight, is that God will never leave you, God, nor will God ever forsake you. In fact, Moses was, 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 was wrote this to the people of God in Deuteronomy, one eight, where he says this, he, referring to God, will be with you, and he will never fail you nor abandon you. Can I encourage someone today that God has never left you nor forsaken you, that when that person walked out on you, God was right there with you. When your dad was not there, he was there. When that person mistreated you, God was right there with you. When your heart was broken, God was right there with you. When you were facing low-grade depression, God was right there there with you and as you turn into this year i don't know what this year has in store for you but i do know this the god of heaven will never leave you nor will god ever forsake you he's with you so what do we do when we're in moments where life seems to be disrupted where things don't don't work out the way we anticipated them to work out I love what the psalmist wrote. Really, the psalmist is, is penning what God was saying when he says this in Psalm forty six ten. Stop striving and know that I am God. Uh, other translation says, be still and know that I am God. I, I love this version because it's stop striving. I don't know about you, but anybody else here that whenever your plans are disrupted, you go right into action to make a plan B? Come on. Uh, or you go right into action to solve the problem you're facing, right? I I don't know about you, but I I feel like I'm a fairly decent planner. Like whenever or things are disrupted, I go right into making plans on how to resolve them. Where are my planners at? Come on. Like you, you would say, I'm a good planner. Some of you are not raising your hand because you do not plan to raise your hand this evening. Therefore, you're saying, Pastor, that is not in the plan. Stay on script. But, but I, I need this work. Can I tell you? Listen, more than you need a good strategic plan for 2024, more than you need to become a great problem solver, you need to slow down and hear from God. Psalm 119, 165 The psalmist writes, it says, David, those who love your instructions or your word have great peace. I love this. And they do not stumble. How do we hear the word of God? You write this down. Here's how you can hear the voice of God for your life more in 2024. Ready? Is to read the word of God. The Bible says his word gives us peace and those who follow his word will not stumble. If you want more direction in your relationships in 2024 is to spend more time in God's word in 2024. You want more direction for your career is to spend more time in his word. Can I tell you, I can tell you from personal experience, even this morning I was reading through Ezekiel. Even in Ezekiel, God was was giving me some direction for my life in the moment through his word because his word is living and active. And I'm I'm excited because for the first time publicly, I'll be saying this, um, is that next year as a church, we are actually going to have our very own one-year Bible reading plan as a church. Uh, We are going to be actually as a church reading through the New Testament next year called the lamp and light Bible reading plan because Psalm 119, 105 says your word's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You want a more well-lit path in your life, become a person of the word. I believe every, every follower of Jesus should read through the New Testament. And let me just encourage you. I've talked to a lot of Christians who are like, man, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. And they start in Genesis and then they get to Leviticus and they give up. Come on, somebody. They're like, I don't know what had happened was. I was following Jesus, but then I got to Leviticus, and I don't know. Here's always my encouragement pastorally, starting the Gospels first. Come on. Like, get, get a good handle on New Testament before you dive into Leviticus, okay? It's going to help you. You're welcome. Uh, but, but join us. Like, become a person saying, 2024, man, I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to listen to God's word for peace and for direction. Here's point number two. What what do they do? The second thing they did, I think we need to do, is we need to then look for God. It says here, the shepherd said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that had happened. Let's go see Jesus. Let's go see the birth of of our Savior. They went to go seek God. In Deuteronomy 4, verse 29, Moses writes this, from there you will search again for the Lord your God, And if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. Give you context. The people of God at this point in in the history had sort of drifted away from God. The busyness of life had taken over. And to be honest, I understand. Anybody else feel this way? I feel the older I get, the, 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 the busier life just becomes. Anybody else? It's like life becomes more full, not less full. Is it just me? It's like life gets faster, not slower. And there are many things that can get in the way of our relationship with God. There are many things that can take precedence. And maybe you can relate to the people of God in this moment. Maybe for you, you started last year full of high hopes and aspirations. You said, this is gonna be the year I'm gonna be more faithful to church. And the next thing you know is you find your maybe kids' activities. Taking over. Come on, your kid's soccer team. Taking you to Maryland, all over Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, Canada. Come on, somebody. You're like, I did not sign up for this. Maybe maybe your, your kid's life gotten so busy that you find yourself, that God becomes kind of, kind of occupying more time and you find that your relationship with God getting less and less of a priority. Maybe for you it's work. Responsibilities has increased this year. Next thing you know is you find yourself so preoccupied with work, which again, it's biblical to work. But you find yourself, maybe your relationship with God, your time with God in prayer and scripture becoming less and less of a priority. Maybe for some of you, you started a new relationship this year. That relationship began to take kind of maybe center point in your life. And here's the word of the Lord is once again, is to put God in first place again. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. You know, and I want to even challenge you here as a pastor of Catalyst Church. Is Here at Catalyst Church, I want you to go all in next year with us. Here's what I mean. We want to take you on a spiritual journey as a church. And that journey is that you would come to know God, have a vibrant, real relationship with Jesus. Hey, can I tell you, it's, it's not about a, a, a system of religion. It's about a real relationship with God. Can I get an Amen. We want to lead you into that. That's all we're going to have, 21 days of prayer and fasting, because we want to have a more connection with God. We want you to find freedom. Those areas of your life, ready? We all have this. What's that area of your life that if it was not in your life, your life would be better? God wants to help you find freedom in that area. Then discover your unique God-given purpose and live with purpose. God has created you with a purpose and on purpose, which is ultimately to make a difference, an eternal difference with your life. We want to help you take you on a journey, a spiritual journey. So engage with uh, with the church. The different things we're going to do will help lead you on that journey. 21 days of prayer and fasting is a way to start. Then in February, we'll launch our community groups, which is how we can help you to find freedom in your life. Get involved in a group. Get involved. I believe this. If you do so, you will grow closer to God and your life will be better because of it. And if not, you come tell me, and I'll go find another church as well. Come on, somebody. (laughs) But I I believe it will. But put God first once again. Make a priority once again. Moses said, if you seek me or seek God, you will find him. Remember years ago, we were looking for a house. And maybe you've been there before where you were looking for a house or you're looking for a townhome or a condo and You know, when you're in that season, all of a sudden I felt like I began to learn things about homes and notice things about homes I had never noticed before. Like, for example, I noticed the color of shutters. I didn't even know houses had different colors of shutters until I was looking at shutters. I began to notice the quality of windows. Here's how you know you're adulting. Come on, you walk into a house, you're like, you got great windows. Come on, somebody, right? That's a big deal. Come on, homeowners, right? Like, windows are important, right? Right? You begin to notice things. I begin to notice these things I'd never noticed before. Why? Because as we set our heart to look for something, we began to see those things. Watch this. As you set your heart saying in 2024, listen, I have other goals. I want to get promoted at work. I want to lose some weight. I want to do this. Listen, but most importantly, I'm going to seek God. The Bible says if you will seek God, you will find him. I want to invite you to join us, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Again, next week in our online service, I'm going to teach you uh, kind of what that that means and how to pray and fast. We're going to have ways for you to engage, like prayer gatherings and a worship night, because we want you to connect with God. Psalm 63:1 David wrote this, God, you are my God, I earnestly search for you. Watch this, my soul thirsts for you. David also wrote in the Psalms, as a deer pants for water, oh, my soul longs for you, oh, God. Here's what David was writing. David, as a king, accomplished vocationally, wealthy, saying what what, what satisfies the longing of my soul are not those things. It's you, God. Can I encourage you? Next year, what will not satisfy the deepest longing of your soul is not that promotion. It's not that dream home. It's not even that baby. Come on, it's not even next year being the Christmas where you have your boo next to you at Christmas Eve at Catalyst Church. Come on, somebody. If you're believing for that, just say amen. And look for who else says amen. There ain't no shame in the game, okay? I'm believing for you, okay? Next year. Uh, put that on your prayer and fasting prayer list. Come on, maybe they'll, they'll come in March, who knows? But hey, listen, what will satisfy the deepest longings of your soul is God. He's the only one that can fill the God-sized hole in all of our lives, myself included. We all have them. And we see, right? We've all seen it. We've seen people working themselves into a ground trying to get it. But that, that promotion, that business success doesn't satisfy it. We've seen people run themselves into the ground, even do unethical things because believing money will do it, but it doesn't. It's only God, only God. They, so they listen to God, they look for God. Here's a third and final point that we need to do to, when life is disrupted, is we need to live for God. We need to live for him. They left the presence of Jesus different, glorifying and praising God. You know, I'm believing tonight, some of you, are going to leave the presence of God tonight different. Not different because of my words, not different because of the great music. What changes us is the presence of God. What changed them was the presence of Jesus. These shepherds were forever changed, forever marked. Yes, they went back to shepherding, but they went back to shepherding different because they were marked by the presence. Jesus in John chapter 15 had just kind of gave some teaching to his disciples. Some of you are familiar with the scriptures, know this, where he says, you know, abide in me. I'm the vine and you are the branches. He says, stay connected to me. You'll bear much fruit. Not, not too long after that moment, Jesus would give his life on a cross for all of humanity. And he says in verse 11 of that chapter, he says, I've told you this, all these things, I've been teaching you a way to live so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you know that God wants to give you complete joy? Tomorrow morning, uh, many young children will open up gifts and there will be a lot of joy in homes. Mine included. I, I, I love to watch my kids open gifts. They get excited, screech, smile. One of them gets real excited and their hands kind of start shaking. I love it as a father. It gives me joy to see them have joy. But I, I've experienced this as a parent. Maybe some of you have as a parent or aunt or uncle or friend. That same toy that brought them joy last Christmas. They can't even locate this Christmas. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? Like, like you're like, hey, where was that toy I got you last Christmas? I don't know. But we don't get upset as parents. Why? Because we know this. Those toys are not intended to give them joy year after year after year after year after year. It's temporary. It's momentary. And there will be things next year that are going to give you joy. Some of you will get a promotion. Some of you, that business that's been a side hustle for seven years will become your main hustle. Some of you, that child that you've been believing for, you'll be holding next Christmas. Some of you, come on somebody, that boo will be with you in Jesus' name. Christmas 2024 at Catalyst Church. Come on. Now listen, you got to promise you got to bring them next year, okay? But Hey, listen. Those things are wonderful. They are a blessing from God. But they're not intended to give you lasting joy. Jesus said, I want to give you an everlasting joy, a complete joy. I want my joy to be in you, he says. I want to give you a joy. Paul said in Romans fifteen thirteen, I love this. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Watch this. It's contingent because you trust in him. Because you trusted Him. You put your faith in Him. He wants to give you complete joy, but it requires us to trust in Him. You know, it's intriguing about the birth of Jesus. I spoke to some of this last Sunday if you were here at Catalyst. At the birth of Jesus, that even in His birth, it actually was, was, was pointing to His death. And why is that significant? Because in His death, we find life. I mentioned this on Sunday, but he was born in a, in a manger, which is a feeding trough, which where they would place young lambs who were being prepared for sacrifice. And he was, as John declared, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. In fact, the angel told Joseph, come on somebody, Jesus' stepdad, come on. He said to him, in Matthew 1, that Mary will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus. He says, because he will take away the sins of the world. That even from the outset, that even from his birth, in fact, the Magi, you know, we three kings of Orion are, come on. They brought him myrrh. Now, now, we don't think about it much because it's so, if you've been a part of church, so ingrained in us, the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh. But if somebody brought you myrrh today, like in that culture, you would say, you have lost your mind. Let me tell you why. Myrrh was a substance used to embalm the dead. Could you imagine someone bringing your newborn baby? Embalm it. That even the Magi's represent as kings themselves that he is the king of kings who came to take away the sins of the world. That even in his birth, it was pointing to his death to forgive you of your sin, to forgive me of my sin so that we could have complete peace and joy. When the angels declared, we have good news of great joy. The good news of great joy was not that Jesus was coming to overthrow Caesar. It wasn't that he was finally going to right size the economy for the Jewish people. No, the good news of great joy was here comes the Lamb of God who was going to take away the sins of all people. That's why he declared good news of great joy to shepherds. Because He came for all people. That joy is available for you and I. But here's what it requires of us. The Bible says you must trust in him. You must put your faith in Jesus Christ. Say, I believe you are the son of God. I trust in you with my life. And some of you in this room, you've been a Christian. But if you're honest, God has not been first in your life. Again, you maybe you had a great intentions this year. But you drifted away. Maybe other things have become a priority. And tonight, I'm going to invite you to put God first once again. Say, God, I'm putting you first. For others of you, you've never made that decision to, to trust in God. And tonight is your night to make that decision. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ. You'll experience the forgiveness of sins, past, present, and future. You'll, you'll be able to be filled with the complete joy and peace. So even, and watch this, that even when life is disrupted, you do not lose your joy because your joy is found in Christ, and it's a complete joy. Amen. So i want to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Close your eyes right where you are.